Well, happy Friday and welcome to Newsmax Daily for 7-7-23, the 27th Friday of the year and the first of four Fridays this month. Today is Global Forgiveness Day, a day to forgive and be forgiven, a chance to make things right, set aside your differences, move beyond grievances, and get a fresh start. If you need a little more incentive, Health studies actually show that people who are willing to forgive are much more likely to be happy and healthy than those who hold in their grievances. It is also World Chocolate Day. That is like a mic drop moment right there. World Chocolate Day. The history of chocolate dates back several hundred years across the world. But the Baker's Chocolate Shop in Boston was the first chocolate shop to open in America all the way back in 1765. Cadbury, who created the first mass-produced boxes of chocolate, opened in England 100 years later. And 25 years after that, the late 1800s, Hershey began actually in Chicago, not in Pennsylvania, which has been home to Hershey for more than 100 years. A really cool thing to do with your family, by the way. Take a trip to Hershey, Pennsylvania. And maybe today, share some chocolate with whomever you may have a grievance with. In Washington, where there are all kinds of grievances, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre is holding a White House briefing with National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan. So Sullivan, as usual, can attempt to explain better than she can why President Biden has approved providing Ukraine with cluster munitions from our stockpile, further decreasing the weapon supply of the U.S. Defense Department, something that's becoming serious in the eyes of experts. Plus, some European allies have already sent Ukraine the cluster bombs, so maybe we don't need to, but of course, President Zelensky keeps saying they need more of everything to continue fighting Russia, which we talked a little bit about yesterday. And you'll be hearing a lot more about this today and tonight. Meanwhile, after speaking at the White House this afternoon, and it'll be interesting if the president mentions Bidenomics again today, after this morning's disappointing jobs report of 209,000, the consensus was for 225,000. But then the president and the first lady will head to their Delaware Beach home ahead of President Biden's trip to Europe next week. This was announced a week or two ago. First stop, the UK, where he will meet with King Charles and UK Prime Minister Rishi Sunak for like the fourth time in as many months to discuss Ukraine, of course, climate change and the push for EVs. Then he'll go to Lithuania and Finland for NATO summits. That's all next week. GOP presidential candidate and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis discussed some of those topics on the Chris Salcedo Show Thursday. I wanted to get you to weigh in on the latest findings, Governor, in the probe into the Biden family's so-called business dealings. Freedom of information request has just revealed that a staffer for then Vice President Joe Biden CC'd Hunter Biden on an email about a scheduled call with former Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko. Now, it bears pointing out, Governor, that nobody elected Hunter Biden, and I know your children are quite young. But can you conceive at any time in your political career where it would be a legal and legitimate function for you or your staff to CC one of your children about a meeting with a foreign dignitary? And if not, Governor, what do you think is going on here? 
Well, all you got to do is look at the bank balances, right? I mean, massive amounts of money flowing into the coffers of the Biden family. Now, the corporate press in this country, the Democratic Party and Biden himself would have us all believe that that's just one big coincidence, that that had nothing to do with the <laughs> fact that he was leveraging his former position and current position at the time as VP uh, to help enrich their family. And, and if you believe that, uh, then I got oceanfront property in Arizona I'd like to sell you. Yeah, well, B Biden is running on uh, something else other than, you know, gross abuse of power. He's running on Bidenomics. Now, generally speaking, America is seeing, you know, falling wages, high inflation, skyrocketing gas prices. And here's one specific metric. In 2020, Americans needed an annual income of around $56,000 to get a 30-year mortgage on a home. Today, just over two years later, you need almost double that amount to partake in the American dream of home ownership. Governor DeSantis, your take on Bidenomics. Bidenomics is very simple. You pay more for less. At the end of the day, it represents a rationalization for a declining standard of living for hardworking Americans. And I think you're, what you pointed out with home prices is exactly right. Given where interest rates are now, uh, getting a traditional three-bedroom, two-bath house for a family is unattainable for a lot of people now. Uh, the amount you're paying in mortgage payments has gone up dramatically just since Biden has become president. You also have automobiles are increasingly becoming unattainable, and Biden wants to put all these green mandates and force you into an electric vehicle, which is going to make it even more difficult. And of course, everybody's grocery bill has gone up dramatically. So when they say inflation peaked at, say, 9%, and now it's, quote, a lot less at 5%, percent. You know, that only captures some of this. There's a lot more that's gone into this. People have paid way more than 9 percent uh, year over year. And at the end of the day, Bidenomics with the inflation, that's an invisible crushing tax on every single American. The wealthy people do fine on it because they have financial assets. It's really those hardworking mm -hmm. people that get swamped. I don't know why anybody uh, would want to sign up for four more years of that. Ronnie D. on the Chris Salcedo Show. Fantastic interview. You can go back and watch it if you missed it. I'll have another segment here in a moment. But Governor DeSantis mentioned your grocery bill. Earlier today, Ukrainian President Zelensky met with Turkey's president to discuss the expiring grain deal that was brokered by Turkey to allow grain to be exported through the Black Sea. Now, this is super, super important. You remember the grain shortage last year because of the war and how the price of everything went up because of the grain shortage, because Russia was blocking the exports, but the prices never came back down. So if the deal expires or isn't renewed, could we have another grain shortage? And now remember what I said yesterday about China and chips, semiconductors. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is in China. I'm also concerned about new export controls recently announced by China on two critical minerals used in technologies like semiconductors. So could we possibly, possibly be heading right back to where we were a year, year and a half ago with a chip shortage and a grain shortage? Definitely something to watch. Janet Yellen is in China to bolster economic ties. Secretary Blinken was there a couple of weeks ago. We go back to the Chris Salcedo show. Now, how would a DeSantis administration tackle our military woes and our communist enemy, China? 
Well, I had the fortune of volunteering to serve in the Navy, serving in Iraq, serving alongside a lot of great patriots, wearing the cloth of your country, something that's very meaningful to me and I know for other veterans. And yet for the first time in my life, I have veterans coming up to me all the time saying, you know, I don't know that I'd want my kid or grandkid to join today's military because exactly what you said, it's become a petri dish for social experimentation. They're putting political fads over military readiness. Morale is in the tank. Recruiting is at a generational low because people want to join a military that's mission focused. They don't want to join a military to be a cog in an overall social experiment. So we'll rip the woke out on day one. And here's the thing. China is absolutely a threat to us. Biden has been very weak on China. Obviously, he's had financial dealings his family has had uh, with them. Uh, so they're being very, very weak with respect to China. I would like to do more with our military to be able to combat China and the Pacific because I think we can deter them. However, you can't pour more resources into it until you fix the underlying culture. So that's a day one issue. There's going to be major changes uh, in all the armed services when I become president. And I can tell you this, uh, veterans around the country are going to rally to that. And you're going to see people going to be more willing to sign up for the military as a result of getting us focused back to the basics. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on the Chris Salcedo Show. And again, if you didn't know, DeSantis joined the Navy back in 2006 after graduating from Harvard, was promoted to lieutenant, served as a legal advisor to SEAL Team 1, then was stationed in Guantanamo, and was in active duty in Iraq in 2007. He is the real deal. All right, and back to Washington we go, where the investigation into who left their cocaine in the White House, the nation's house, continues. Look, a, quote, law enforcement official today said, what, you know, whatever that means, is now saying that the White House cocaine culprit is unlikely to be found. Are you kidding me? It's not, this is not like the streets of Chicago. This is the most secure building in the nation. The same building with security cameras at, like, every entrance, nearly every room, every hallway the literal home of the most protected individual in the world. Do you really expect me to believe that some culprit can't be found? They should have had this identity in like five minutes. We also found out earlier today that it's actually in a more secure location than they originally told us. But don't take it from me. How about someone who called that building home for four, soon to be probably eight years, someone who knows every corner, Donald Trump, former president claiming on True Social, quote, does anyone actually really believe cocaine was found in the West Wing of the White House? Very close to the Oval Office is for the use of anyone other than Hunter and Joe Biden. But watch, fake news media will soon start saying that the amount was very small and it really wasn't cocaine, but rather common ground-up aspirin. The story will vanish. Probably right. It's the bad part. But let's not forget... Every time that Democrats didn't like something when Trump was president, they demanded tapes and recordings and basically everything leading up to a DNA sample. Where are the tapes? Nobody's, nobody seems to know. That's Carl Higby, host of Frontline on Newsmax. And if we don't already know, as Carl mentioned, we will likely never know, which is completely unacceptable. If the Secret Service were to determine it was Hunter Biden... It's the West Wing. I mean, the list of likely culprits isn't that long, right? But if it's Hunter, that could upend his plea deal, which is another reason that we will likely not know or it likely will not be Hunter's coke. Back to Carl Higby. 
if this did in fact belong to Hunter Biden, not only would he be violating the law, he would be breaking his plea deal, which according to CBS explicitly states, Hunter Biden's plea deal will include an acknowledgement that the drug use was a contributing factor to his gun crime. And it is expected to mean that for two years, Hunter Biden must remain drug free and can't commit additional crimes. So just two years, that's all. Don't do drugs for two years. High bar, I guess. This is the son of the president of the United States. We're talking about the White House. Joe Biden can say he's proud of Hunter. He knows that he's the smartest man he knows, that he did nothing wrong until he's blue in the face. I really don't care. But the fact is that Hunter is still walking around at White House functions, chilling at Camp David or whatever he does on the weekends with his dad after his little plea deal stunt. It's a slap in the face to Americans. I'm so annoyed by it. I'm so sick of these people acting like this is no big deal. I want one standard of justice. No drug addicts I know are picking up bags of cash for private equity companies from China on Air Force Two. It's time to get serious. I really hope House Republicans are listening because this deadline for the U.S. attorney to turn over all of his materials from the plea deal, that's approaching soon. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You get what you vote for, folks. Staying home, too, is a vote. Joe Biden promised to restore decency to the White House. Don't buy it again in 2024. Carl Higby hosts the front line, 5 o'clock Eastern on Newsmax. And only an hour later, David Weiss, the prosecutor in the Hunter Biden plea deal, missed the deadline of handing over said documents to the House committee. Newsmax's John Huddy spoke with New York Congresswoman Claudia Tenney, a member of the House Ways and Means Committee. Congresswoman, thanks for coming on. It's great to see you. Uh, first of all, you know, as I was saying, the time frame is, you know, the deadline is coming gone. W what do Republicans exactly want? You know, Jim Jordan, who's on the Judiciary Committee, sent this letter, you know, wanting testimony, wanting more documents based on Gary Shapley's testimony. And what happens now that this deadline has passed? Is there any recourse? Well, first of all, this whistleblower came through a whistleblower portal Speaking of First Amendment, that's something that we protect, and also the ability of someone to uh, call out the government when they see something wrong, and especially something like Gary Shapley and the other whistleblower who is uh, choosing to remain anonymous. But what we did is we let this information out through the proper procedures, through the Ways and Means Committee. So Jim Jordan uh, on Judiciary, Jamie Comer on Oversight can look at it. But I'm also on the Oversight Subcommittee of the Ways and Means. So we're going to compel the, this testimony because we feel like, as you're talking about President Trump, there's been obstruction of justice. There's been attempts for political reasons to prevent Gary Shapley and others while they were working with the IRS to get the information they needed to complete this case. They had evidence that Hunter Biden was you know, engaged in tax evasion, and they slow walked this so that they couldn't get at the 2014 and the 2015 tax returns because then the statute of limitations would have been told. So this is the kind of stuff that it really upsets people when they see the politicization and the weaponization of, and also this, I, they, people say two-tier justice system. I don't see very much justice at all. New York Representative Claudia Tenney on Newsmax last night. So here's the thing. The deadline was a voluntary deadline. 
just like the deadlines to turn over documents in the January 6th investigation and the Trump document case. So it's really no surprise that Weiss missed the deadline. Voluntary. Now the committee will issue a subpoena, just like they did in the January 6th hearing, and then he may or may not comply with the subpoena. It goes back and forth. Democrats defy the Republicans. Republicans defy the Democrats. It's all one big joke. Washington is a joke. It's insulting to Americans. It's a slap in the face for most hardworking Americans who abide by the rules and laws. And I know you're not going to like this, but anyone who has ever been in trouble with the IRS knows this whole thing is being blown out of proportion as much as you may dislike Hunter Biden or want to see something done. Yes, plenty of people do get sentenced and plenty don't. I personally have known people that have owed a lot of money to the IRS and they work out a payment plan. If you owe 5000 10000 or 200000 they work out a payment plan. And the IRS can only legally garnish a certain percentage of your salary. And people that have a lot of money are still driving around in fancy cars, going on fancy vacations, or eating at fancy restaurants, all while owing the IRS tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's the reality of the situation. The fact that Hunter got off the felony gun charge is much worse than any of this IRS stuff, at least in my humble opinion. And one more segment on the cocaine from this morning's edition of Wake Up America with Rob Finnerty and former Secret Service agent Charles Marino. Charles, we'll start with you. You were with the Secret Service for 20 years. Uh, the White House said emphatically on Wednesday that everyone left for Camp David on Friday and then returned to the White House on Tuesday. Do you believe the White House? Well, I'll tell you, this is a huge problem. And it's also a big problem for the Secret Service, Rob. I mean, let's face it. Who wants Corinne Jean-Pierre speaking on their behalf? This is a mess in part because she's the chief spokesperson for the White House. Everything that comes out of her mouth does not make sense or is contradictory. And here's another important example where they cannot even confirm who was in the residence of the White House. Look, Camp David is not that far from Washington, D.C. It is entirely possible that somebody got in a car and came back to the White House during the course of that weekend. And if that's the case, and if it's the case that Hunter was the one that came back to the White House then guess what? Then that changes the scope of the investigation, doesn't it? That's former Secret Service Special Agent Charles Marino, no relation to me, by the way, on Wake Up America. All right, the MLB draft, not nearly as exciting as the NFL draft, is happening this weekend in Seattle. The Pittsburgh Pirates hold the top selection after winning the first ever MLB draft lottery back in December. They're now kind of doing it like the NBA does it. And after, ex after an exciting week in Chicago last week, NASCAR is at the Atlanta Motor Speedway this weekend. The Xfinity Series is tomorrow night. The big Quaker State 400 is on Sunday night, which is cool because you can still go out and do stuff on your Sunday or work around the house or whatever you have to do, and then you get to watch the race at night under the lights. And don't forget about all the great weekend programming on Newsmax, beginning with Wake Up America Weekend Edition, Saturday Agenda, America Right Now, the Gorka Reality Check, 
and many other fantastic weekend shows. If you're not already watching Newsmax, it is available on most major cable systems like AT&T, Comcast, Xfinity, DirecTV, Dish, and many others. It's also available on streaming platforms like Roku, Amazon, Apple TV, and more. Thank you, as always, for listening to Newsmax Daily. Enjoy the rest of your Friday. Have a fantastic and safe weekend. I'm Tony Marino. See you back here on Monday. And in the meantime, keep on fighting the good fight. News breaks every minute, every day. You need the app, the Newsmax app. Find it free on your smartphone store. Then watch us anytime, anywhere.